Greetings and welcome to the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres. I'm your guest. I'm your I'm your host, not your guest. <laughs> but we have a very special guest. Her name is Twee Dick. Twee has worked her way through the ranks of the cosmetic industry for luxury brands like Christian Dior and Chanel, where she is currently an education executive for North America. On top of this, she hosts the Raw Raw podcast, where she talks with guests about the expanding concept of beauty beyond the face. Thank you very much for being here, Twee. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I know it is. And I even yeah. had, actually, I did have some fajitas today. <laughs> I had some fajitas today. <laughs> and I didn't even mean to. It just happened that way. So, Twee, please tell me some more about this work you do with Chanel Beauty. Because I, I think this is, this is, pretty cool like your 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 career path and how it's led you to do this podcast there's definitely correlations between the two and that's exactly what I want to get down to with you okay cool let's talk about it so um you know I basically got my start on the cosmetic floor and and worked my way through the ranks but I also had to take like a little not a break but it's um I was going back to school to obtain my marketing degree. And as I was going to school, I was like, I was paying for my own schooling. So I needed a job on the side. And so I took a contractor job and, you know, worked my, my, my butt off to get to where I am. So, you know, today I take care of education platforms. So it's, you know, building the content for education. It's um, all the training format. So it's not just the, the information and it's not just training women on how to put on makeup, but it's the overall history of the brand, um, how to sell to make sure that it's, it's uh, how do I say translatable for the U S market as well. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think, you know, what's interesting too, is we're a longstanding brand who's been around for a very long time. Like Chanel got her start. She was born in like the 1800s and, and the brand itself started taking off like in the 1920s, you know, um, in terms of fashion mm-hmm. and they are entry. So I, so mine is beauty, beauty and fragrances and our launch of fragrances. We celebrate our hundred year anniversary this year right with on. Chanel number five. So it's been around for a hundred years. It's That's insane. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So of since success too. It is. So, and to be around for 100 years is insane. And, you know, the things that's happening in in the world of beauty today, I feel bad for the smaller brands because there's so many things to consider. It's like the social climate, your, your demographics, the, the social sustainability, how you take care of the environment. Like there's so many things that factor into keeping a brand standing. And one of the most important things is the people is absolutely the people. And, you know, what I find to be quite interesting is in the beauty industry, they're in the beauty industry. I'd say that it's beauty should be used to, to empower, you know, so beauty of the face and the, like the idea of beauty and cosmetics and fashion should be used to empower, but living in this generation, like I even feel bad for the kids today. It's like with all the social media that they have, can you imagine if we grew up like in our teenage years, having Instagram around, like we would be completely different people. It would so be, like, it, yeah, it I would agree. Right. So it's yep. like, we live in this world of comparison and, and I think that, you know, beauty can, can easily cause insecurities. So what we're starting to see take place and what I started to notice the difference in is, you know, if you look at your major companies, like 
companies that do extremely well, like your Googles and your Apples, they really, they started meditation spaces. They started really focusing on, on if their, their people know their why in the company. And they started, they started really investing in the health of their people in terms of their mindset, their, their, their work-life balance. And what I'm finding in beauty is sometimes that's not really present. And so we've started, like, what I love about Chanel is, you know, they, we, you look at this company, you would think it's like the most pretentious company in the world, but really they're not. The people are really down to earth. They really believe in their people. They believe in the development of their people. And, and we've been weaving in this idea of like mindset, you know, like practicing mindset so that people understand their, their why of empowerment and this brand, essentially, if you don't know anything about the brand, it's, it's, it started off like Gabrielle Chanel basically created pants for women and created leisure comfort wear and sports wear and made it really chic to, to, to liberate a woman's body. So literally it's all about like, like the idea there is a liberation of, of bodies and liberation of spirits. And there's been no other designer since that has created so many codes in the world of fashion. And so today we still really believe in the, the premise of, 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 of women's liberation. We started that idea so long ago. And so what I'm going to say is I, you know, for many years, when I started entering the corporate world of beauty, I kind of lost myself those. So, so for years, it was like this, me, like, you know, banging out success and, and me being so tunnel vision that I lost myself through just work, 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 work. And I'm not, I'm not regretful for any of it because I, without the hard work, I wouldn't be where I am today. However, that. yeah, but I had to take a step back for a second and ask myself, what am I doing all this shit for? <laughs> you know, like I, I, I felt like I was like suddenly shackled by the golden handcuffs and I had to wake up one day and say, there's something I need to reroute here. And the, one of the previous companies that I worked for, I don't really want to mention their name, but they, towards the tail end of my career, they, they kind of forgot about their people. They were very sales focused and, and forgot about the caring of the humans and developing people and empowering them and giving them great benefits. And I just couldn't do it anymore. One, I couldn't do it anymore. And it, you know, I think anytime we're put in a space of discomfort, it, it, it it's like an opportunity for us to wake up and to reshift. And so, you know, I have been in the past couple of years figuring out how I can weave in more space to create healthy platforms for our people so that they are, and this is what the podcast is about as well. It's like this, this balance of success in your personal life and also in your work life. And if you can align what you do at work with what you want to do personally and how you can build better relationships, you'll overall be a more when you're more satisfied and when you're more fulfilled, you're going to basically perform better. So that's the premise of the rah-rah, but also what I'm doing at Chanel today is like starting with the human themselves and, you know, tapping and helping them tap into their strengths and helping to develop them as well. Like a lot of these women who start off in beauty, I think, you know, sometimes they don't have a, you know, a college degree or, or what have you. So we're teaching skill sets on, on how to plan, on how to communicate, on how to, how to work with emotional intelligence. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, if they, if we can teach them all of those things, but also, you know, have them understand the story of the brand and where they fit in people won't. So how do you get people to basically 
want to do the work versus you telling them to do it. We can sometimes as leaders, it's easier to tell them, right? <laughs> it's, it feels quicker sometimes to tell them. But at the end of the day, if you're just telling them, what are they learning? If they can learn and go on that journey themselves where they're empowered to reshift in some capacity and, and transform, it becomes more empowering and it also reduces turnover in companies as well. So the more satisfaction we can we can build in our people and the more we can help them in their own development, the longevity it'll start to build in companies. That is a lot. That that's a lot. You you touched on uh fulfillment, personal fulfillment. Yeah. In yeah. Your life. That's that's a big that's that in itself we could spend hours on. <laughs> then you also started talking about the people you're actually helping in the company and I couldn't help but think of you're, you're training people to provide quality customer service. Absolutely. A history, of the, a history of the brand and the company that they're working for because it has an established history over a hundred years. And that's, I, I caught that because that's something that I've noticed where it's kind of like, you know, you just, you know, we, we shop, right? We go out to dinner, we go food, we go to restaurants, we, we purchase things all over the place and we're purchasing them sometimes online, but often from people themselves. And I, I have noticed that customer service as a whole, like across all places that I spend my cash at, customer service has definitely dropped. And not everywhere, because there's also been some people that have remembered my name. Like I was in a Chick-fil-A line and the guy remembered my name like the next day or two days later. And I was like, oh my gosh. What did you do in that Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I, you know, I just placed an order. I chat with people, Twee. You know, I talk yeah. with people all the time. <laughs> so I was talking with this guy. But um, so that gives me, that leads me to this next point when you said fulfilled. And I see those two things as being connected as, as somebody who's providing good customer service or bad customer service. There may be a level of fulfillment where they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they feel like they, they have a job, but it's not really fulfilling them. And having worked for the government for 20 years, I definitely understand curriculum and the kind of stuff that you're doing where it's like, it's not just teaching people how to be robots or, or parrots. You're trying to actually enrich people's lives at a level where you have to be cognizant of so many pitfalls that you could get your company into if you say or do the wrong thing. Now that in itself is a challenge because in the government, it's, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge in the government. In the corporate world, what's that like? Because that's something that I'm not exactly familiar with. I mean, you, you kind of said it yourself when, when the leadership could say, here, just do this, right? And then you're like, well, actually, if we teach them how to think the way you want them to think on the sales floor, that would actually produce better results and you'd have people that are finding their work more meaningful. If you inspire them to want to do it. So, you know, you're going back to, it's true. When you're in customer service, there, there are points where you're like, oh my God, I feel like a servant. But I think if you come back to the place where you really care about some, you care about people and you're using it as an opportunity to practice relationships and to build onto something, it's almost like a psychology thing. So- yeah. What I always try to remind people is that you're, you're, you're learning psychology, basically you're learning how to be a business person. So it's like, if you can be honest and authentic in your, 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 your willingness to want to give everything else kind of 
comes into play, but you've got to be mindful about how you can keep nourishing the interactions and get over your goddamn self. You are in the service industry. And if you're in the service industry, you, you were there for a reason. So not to forget that. And, and I think that when you step into the place of you're not, a, you're not a servant, you're more a less making a connection and you're reminding women and men or whatever all around the world to self-care and they get to do it with luxury goods. They're not doing it with bullshit products or actually doing it with products that, that have so much thought. Like we, we don't ever slap a CC on the label if it's not done to pure perfection in terms of safety, the way it's the, the results it's going to deliver, the way it smells, the way it feels on the skin, the history behind it. You're a part of the history when you're holding a piece of that brand. So it's to let them know that, you know, and like, said you walk into Chick-fil-A and you said you just interact with people. And the idea there is like, how do we challenge those around us in that the service industry or just in general, if they're serving others to, to make an impact with every, every step that they take, you know, so whether it's with the person at Starbucks or whether it's through just, you know, any interaction, how do they, how do they challenge themselves to make an impact where they, they, they made someone's day great. And I think in the beauty industry, what I'm finding is that only 3% of their, their, a very small percentage of women see themselves as beautiful, which is kind of, you know, and I, when I first started in the industry, what I, what I loved about being on the sales floor, what I loved about it was the transformation piece, not just in the way someone looked, but seeing the way they felt and how they stood up and how they carried themselves. Once I, you know, balanced out facial, facial features, or once I, you know, I think that every person has something beautiful about them, whether it's their eyes or nose or face or cheekbones. And what's weird is when I would tell women like, oh my gosh, your cheekbones, and this is what we can do to enhance it. They're, they, they would look at me like it was the first time they've ever heard anyone tell them that they're beautiful. And I feel like it didn't happen frequently enough. So if we could do that through makeup and empower instead of cause insecurities, it's not about comparing yourself to the next person, but it's, you only have one face. You only have one skin. You only have one body. Why not do the best of it? And why not be the, not like a watered down version of yourself, you know? So I think that's where we, what I, you know, and in the podcast too, it, it takes the raw raw takes the dimension of beauty even further. So I think routines in life, if you're busy, the first excuse is, you know, I, I don't have time. You do have time though. If you, you have 10 minutes in the morning to breathe or you have 10 minutes to take a walk, like you, you have made that a habit for yourself to not have time. So if you can rewire that and give yourself some time, not only do you become happier, but the people around you become happier. Thus your life becomes more filled. So it's to challenge themselves once they start building, you know, if they want to start on the outside and that makes them feel great, fantastic. But the challenge is how do you take it even further? Because it is a life is worth so much more where you, you, you can create a more beautiful mind. You can create a more beautiful soul. You can do things that are more fulfilling, but if you can balance out all of those things, it'll be, the life will be more beautiful and it will be more richer. And it's more of a, a, a permanent type of beauty that exists versus just relying on the face. But that's the first step is take it further then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think, I think that's really cool. I think that it, excuse me I think you're really spot on with it and you can do that with all kinds of things and you've made a point of elevating people with it instead of 
doing the comparison thing and knocking people down. So Twee, that, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a very big deal because it's easier said than done. But here you are actually doing it by doing this podcast that you've started and looking at the expanding dimensions of beauty beyond the face. So I got, I have to, what I got it. Cause you know, this is conversation, cannabis and Christianity, right? Twee? So it's not <laughs> just Christianity. We look at all worldviews. We talk with all people. So where did that, I mean, what made you even care about being fulfilled and what made you even care about, about trying to help people? Like, were you, were you raised with a religion? Were you raised with a philosophy or worldview that, that you learned to attribute value to people that where like, where did this, where did, where did you learn to give value to people? You know what I mean? That's a really great question. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic actually, okay. and I, I didn't really, I don't really identify with with, you know, organized religion. Although I will say if it, you know, to each his own. So whatever works for them to, to help someone feel more empowered and for them to be a better person, like good for like, you know, to each his own. So you know, honestly, for that's a great question. I would say that my first experience with, with loving the idea of giving was on the cosmetics floor, to be completely honest with you. Like we were poor, I was raised by a single mother and she, was always gone. So it wasn't like I learned, we learned how to be, to, to be, you know, charity to at an early age. I learned it probably on the cosmetic floor where, where I loved the idea of giving my spirit. And I knew that I was good at it. I knew I was genuine as well. And I noticed that I can also pair that with business if I'm being honest. So it wasn't just like a, I was bullshitting, you know, once I challenged myself to, to, understand like, okay, where can, like everyone's getting results, but also I think everyone can win. I can win too. I can become a better salesperson if I add one more thing, but I'm not coming from because I want to sell more one more thing. It's because I want to actually improve the condition of someone's skin. And because I, I really do want this person to look amazing. I want them to feel amazing. And I'm not lying. That's something, that, you know, I wouldn't tell them that, that something looks great. If it looks like shit, I was actually quite honest about it. So I would say it actually, it, and it also, you know, in doing nonprofit work too, I I've been heavily involved in nonprofit work for the past three years. Okay. And, you know, I think my inspiration there came from the fact that, you know, if my mom had these organizations and belonged to these organizations, when we were younger, it might've been maybe a different story. And I think about how some of these things don't require money mindset, changing your mindset and your energy and learning how to organize better and and how you can be grateful on a daily basis. A lot of those things don't cost money. And as I started to do these speeches for, you know, I, I belong to an organization called Dress for Success, where it's, it provides women. Is this one with, of the nonprofits? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's great. So that nonprofit, um, it's a, it's a US-based one. They're, they're in major cities throughout the entire US. And it helps women basically get jobs. So from dressing the woman for the part, like, and they're very picky about the clothing that's donated to them. So it needs to be steamed. It needs to look a certain way. So you have people that can personal shop for these women. Yeah. You also have people that will help them with the interviewing process, which I've done before. I've helped get women ready for interviewing. Um, they have resume workshops. They have speakers that come in. And so they started off asking if I would be a speaker for them. And I started speaking on mindset basically. So I, you know, developed a presentation for, for mindset. And then they kept inviting me back to do these mindset series. And so as I did them, I, they, they, the women were actually hearing everything I was saying. And I said, ladies, like, 
all it requires is for us to, to practice our thought process when we wake, wake up in the morning and to understand that we're not our conditioning. You were all maybe given a set of cards that felt kind of shitty. Like we're all given a different deck of cards through life. And now it's like how we can't become victims of what we were given. Now we have to kind of reshift. How do we work with the cards that we're given? And so in these practices, I, I, I try to tell them like, if you can work on one thing each day, it's not going to be like overnight where you can a, flip a switch and suddenly you're empowered. There are certain things you can do to not to to practice shifting, to practice shifting, and to get results and to get out of your 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 space of victimization. You know what I mean? And yeah. and yeah, a lot of people, I think, in life, it's it's hard when you when you when you grow up in a you know a a family environment or a a very impoverished community, it, it is difficult to get out. If your entire surrounding is based on people who told you you can't do it and your only way out is to marry a man, like, I don't know, like to be dependent on other people to get out, this is what you've been taught, but you can actually unlearn those things. Like they started really, you know- There's another writing. way, that's not the only way. Yeah, yeah, so it was really cool to start to see the the, the transformation and for me, I don't, like I told you, it was weird. It's um, towards the tail end, my, when I, I think at 34. So I remember taking a break or I wanted to take a break where I, I reached a point where I woke up one day and I'm like, fuck, I don't, I don't know who I am anymore. I've been like, you know, climbing up the ladder. I've been doing this corporate career and I finally am here but I'm no longer freaking happy. I don't like working for this company. Like I'm at the high, like, where do I go now? And I remember you know, it was one of a vacation that I took that I haven't gone on in a long time. And my girlfriend asked me, I was going on this trip by myself. And my girlfriend asked me, what do you want out of this trip? Without even thinking, I'm like, I want to feel free again. I feel like I'm naturally free, but I kind of lost that somewhere along the line, trying to be this, like, you know, one of the companies I worked for was kind of like a devil wears Prada. Like you had to walk a certain way. You had to talk. They like literally were building like the Stepford wives. Like it was like something out of, you know, Pleasantville, like where everybody was like a carbon copy of each other and you couldn't be a certain way. And like, they would, they would look at you based on your nails. If your nail was chipped, just, it was horrible. So it was very, but, uh, very, it was devil wears product. Like yeah, no that, that's intense. Those are like very micro, like those are very small details, but noticeable details in that industry at the same time though, right? They were, you know, I mean, I learned a lot and I learned to roll up my sleeve and work really hard, but at the same time I was unhappy yeah. and I didn't have a sense of identity and I didn't work, want to work anymore for a company that I couldn't truly be myself. You know, so I think it's important that, you, that everyone finds a brand or whatever their job is to to make sure that when they're walking into the interview process, that they're also interviewing for themselves to see if that's a match for them. Not yeah. that the company is seeing, but it's like, if you can hold yourself to a high standard of, of whether you even want to work for that company, I think that's, that's, that's quite important. Did I answer your question or am I going? Kind of sort of, you kind of did. You said you, but here's the, here's what I'm getting from your answer. And it's in you somewhere you have this bend towards helping people. And that's, that's, that's what I was trying to like, I think a lot of people have it and sometimes they exercise it and sometimes they don't. And the people that uh, we've been talking to on the program have all decided to exercise it in a, in a way that 
they're going to put themselves out there and saying, yeah, I'm doing this to help people and I'm putting myself out here to do it. It's not just a, a private thing where you just do it whenever you talk to somebody, which is cool too, because that's just as impactful. But when you're like, you know what, I, I want to, I feel like I have more to give to people. That's, that's really, that's really when I see it, when I look at, when I look at, when I look at your profile and I'm like, wow, Twee has done a lot of stuff and she's climbed that corporate ladder, which is not easy. Climbing any corporate ladder, whether it's private company or government, it takes, it demands. And if you can't meet those things, well, then you usually don't make it, right? I mean, because that's what it, that's what those are the demands of the jobs. Those are high demanding jobs. You're I remember being chained to a phone like all the time. And even when I wasn't chained to a phone, I was still chained to a phone because non-urgent administrative emails after hours were still considered urgent. Totally. And that's just the way it is, right? So I'm not sure you really, well, no, you didn't really answer the question fully, Twee, but we'll get to it another way. <laughs> And that was, how did you come to even, how did you come to value people? And the reason why I asked that is because, you know, the topic of this show, and, and that's because as a Christian, we're to attribute intrinsic value to each and every single person. So maybe like I, spirituality as well. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, like, Hey, this person, I, I have no reason to be disrespectful of that person. I don't mean spirituality. I'm saying like, this is like walking it out horizontally in the world. Like, I have no reason to be disrespectful of that person because they have intrinsic value. The, the image of God is on that person, just like it's on me. And I'm not saying that that's what you're thinking of, but the, your actions are, are very close in alignment with that. That's why I brought it up. Well, you know what I think too, is like, it's important that people become more aware. Like, listen, if you're a shitty person, you never know who you're going to come across in the world of business. Somehow you, you end up meeting that person later on in life. And, and they, that person might be the person that's interviewing you. So be careful how you treat people, you know? And I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't base it on, I mean, and from my parents, from my mom, maybe like she has always been quite giving and Although we didn't have money growing up, she, I never knew I was poor when I was younger because it was like the love that she gave and the, you know, and I, I feel like that's very valuable as the love that you give to people on a day-to-day -day basis and, and how you can share that. And like wealth is meant to be shared. Like, I don't understand people who make so much money and they just want to, you know, they live in this scarcity, scarcity mindset where they just want to keep everything and they're just freaking out that they're going to lose it at some point in their life. So they work harder to keep it and to be more greedy where it's like, you end up gaining more wealth by, by sharing in some capacity. If you do something with it and you give back what you were given. So for me, it's like, I, you know, I, I grew up with a speech impediment. So the fact that I became a, you know, a, a semi public figure and, and beauty blows my mind. And I feel like there's there like God or universe or whatever you want to call it, gave me this for a reason. So I'm supposed to be sharing some message and spreading the, the message. And especially in today's society, like you look at these young kids and these young girls and it's like the, what I would tell them is like, please, if you're a gorgeous, like say you, you, you know, you were born and you had great genetics and you were quite attractive, like that, that can like disappear in two seconds or you could be replaced with somebody else. So don't become so reliant on just your looks like work harder to get beauty in, in other ways. Like it's so, it's going to be so beneficial in your life. And even if you weren't like either way, the point here is that 
there's so much work to be done on an individual basis in order for the world to be a better place. It's like, if you want to change anything on the outside, maybe you should look deeper into yourself. And those changes are hard. They're not easy, but it's, I, I feel like they're, they've all been worthwhile. Like every single bit of challenge that I've had in my life, I look back in retrospect and I'm like, you know, thank God I have tough skin and thank God I walked through it. And thank God I took feedback, even when it, it sucked to take feed, um, you know, feedback, but that's what gets you to grow. And that's what gets you to, to develop, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel there's so many different aspects of like Christianity and what have you. Like I, didn't really identify with being Catholic because I, it didn't make sense to me that if you sinned, you go to confession and suddenly you're forgiven. Like I need, I want people to, to look even deeper, you know? And, and again, whatever your source is, God, universe connection, like you're right, everyone's connected in some particular degree, you know, and, you know, going back to cannabis, right? Like I have to be honest with you. I didn't do, I didn't touch cannabis until I was in my twenties. And in my twenties, it actually got me to open up my mind. And I shouldn't be saying this out loud, but I'm going to say it. My first experience on the sales floor, I, you know, worked for a very prestigious company. So it wasn't like a Macy's or it wasn't like a Sears or anything. It was a very prestigious company. Okay. And I ended up selling more. I ended up being like one of the top, the youngest salespeople on the sales floor. But I also ended up selling the most, like I was in the million dollar club basically. And I ended up selling more when I, like I, we, we had this like club where we would, go smoke in the car. And when I came back, I would sell more because I was connecting with women and I didn't really, I was always a functional, you know, I would, I, when I, I smoked marijuana, it was because I'm naturally kind of like an anxious person. So it made me a little calmer. And then it opened up my world to be able to connect with people more. So it wasn't like for me to be like completely stoned where I couldn't communicate and where I was like a, you know, like, just sitting there like a, like a, like a, like a, you know, like a dummy. I wasn't like, it didn't put me out. If anything, it made me lower my guard so that I could see things from a different point of view and be able to connect with these women more. For me, I was the youngest one on the sales floor, but yet I was selling like these very, very expensive products. So it opened up my world in some capacity. And this is why I also agreed to be on the show because I'm like, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast, if you, Everything is in, what was I going to say? If you do everything and if you do your research on things and if you do it, you don't like go crazy with it. You don't, you don't, you, you don't have to be greedy with it, but if you start it off in small doses, it can actually open your, your world up and actually different parts of your brain to be able to experience more, you know? I agree. I agree. Now that's three. Huh. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of stuff. And this is where I'm like, this is. If we, and this is, and I can relate because I'm, I'm no longer working for the government. I have totally slowed myself down. You're still in the corporate world and I can, I'm like, wow. I'm not even at the top of my game, but I don't know if I want to. This is where, this is where this podcast is coming to play so that I, I don't know what's going to come out of it. We'll see. But I'm, I, I, you know, I'm reaching the point in my life where I'm like starting to, to look at what is fulfilling to me. What do I really want? Is it the status? Is it the, you know, and it's nice to have the status. I'm not going to lie. However, I, I want to balance. I, I, you know, I've dated men in my life who were like extremely successful on the outside, but they weren't successful internally. And it's like, I don't know if I want to even be around that in my life at this moment, you know, even women, I don't want to be around women who are just so focused on, on, climbing, 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 that they lose sight of what's in front of them and, and meaningful connections. And, 
and living a, a rich life in, in other ways. So it's got to be a balance of both. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't know is. what our threshold is, but as long as we don't sell out, I think that's what's important. That, wow. Tui, I don't even know where to begin. So I want to, I want to say here, I want to, I want to start here because I heard you say this, even though I grew up with my mom, mm -hmm. we were, we were not wealthy. We were actually poor, but I never recognized it. And that was because she loved us and, and did, she did the things that she did for you. So when you said that, I was like, okay, so she had a model example when she was a child from her parent that that is obviously stuck, right? I mean, now here you are, you're actually doing the same thing for other people that aren't even your family members, right? You're like the same intent, like you're the same, the same desire to help somebody is there, but you're doing it for anybody who will listen, right? And so that's where I'm like, wow, this is, and, and I do, I do completely. Wow. It is really wild. And I'm sorry, I got to take a second because it's really wild. And when I'm thinking about it, I just spent two decades, a little over two decades doing the military thing. And, and then you do get used to functioning in a certain way. Like you just, you get trained to think and you're just high speed go because you're having things come at you all the time. You got to answer them. You got to be able to make sure that you're giving the right answer because you're one of the leaders and you have to give the right answer. And you're also speaking for the people that are above you as well. And it's, it was interesting hearing you talk because you're saying a lot of stuff and it's like, wow, I can, I mean, she's like the train of thought is all right there. You laid it all out. You, you touched on varying depths of, of meaning when you were talking about being fulfilled, talking about childhood, talking about helping people, talking about empowering women who have been, who, who are thinking that there's only one or two ways that they can live their lives and you're helping them understand that there's more out there than just what is in their thoughts right now. And I still can't help but think that, and there, let me put it this way. There's a book that C.S. Lewis wrote and I can't remember what it, it's Tao, the Tao of something. I can't remember what it is, but he's basically saying that across all cultures in the world, there's an innate sense of right and wrong inside every single culture. And I believe that. I mean, there, there, there's, I believe in an objective truth. And, and that's why I wanted to ask you about that. And a lot of, we, we, we find ourselves doing it. And, and that's what I, it's like, we find ourselves just doing, it's like, well, why do you care? It's like, I don't know, but you know what? I have this pull to go help people in this area. And it could be a personal reason because of something that, that like, it, it could be an anecdotal situation where it's like, I, this happened to me and I want to return the favor, or it could just be a genuine place where like where you're coming from right now you you've spent many years achieving success and then you've got it and you're like okay is this fulfilling me now and that's where let's switch over to the podcast mm -hmm. so the podcast how is that an extension of twee the education executive in chanel I feel like it takes a deeper, I have an opportunity to, to, you know, take a deeper. And, uh, and also it's like, it's been a super humbling experience, Miguel. Like, I'm just like, oh God, I, you know, <laughs> I have to basically face that I, I'm in the beginning stages and I think I'm not used to not being the expert. And it's just, it's weird. It feels really weird. And I think, you know, I banged out six episodes in one week and suddenly now I don't want to do anything. Like I literally turned myself off and I'm back to, 
Okay. I can manage once a, a one a week. It's a lot of work. It's like, you got to write the contact. You have to, you know, promote the person. You have to reach out to people to see if they'll even be your guest. You've got to, and I'm very particular about what I want the message to be and what I want the branding to look like and what I'm promoting into the world. So thus, sometimes it takes me just a little longer and it just feels like I'm, I'm constantly rerouting. Like I, you know, this last podcast I did with a girlfriend of mine, where we both looked back and we were both like, meh, let's scratch it and let's, let's do it another time. I'm, I need to approach it in the way I do my presentation sometimes. So yes, I feel like I'm quite organic in my presentations, but it's very, it's structured in a certain way. So what I'm starting to see is that for, this is for, if it's for the listeners, I have to, I'm learning how I, I need to bring the structure back in some capacity. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I don't want to be asking everyone the same questions. It needs to be really geared to whoever's on the show. And it there needs to be a message of, of why the, what, it, what are the, what's the audience going to get from it? So it's an extension of the self-care that I started practicing in the past four years in order to find more fami- f- fulfillment. And it hasn't always been the easiest, Miguel. Like I feel there have been, um, I don't know if you've ever done the Enneagram tests. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I don't think so. No, I haven't. Is that a personality thing? I've heard of Myers. Yeah, it's a personality thing, but it takes it further. So it's like, you know, there, I think there are nine different personality traits or what have you. And, and it talks about in these personality traits of, of how we, you know, basically built certain uh, char- characteristics to protect ourselves okay. from how we were raised or what have you. And so it's mm-hmm. like how people do with, you know, things, how they deal with things, what they're, how, what, what inspires them, what drives them. And, and in learning these personality types too, it's interesting. So you get to learn about yourself, but in, but it's, it's cool to find out like in your family or, or people that you, you, you love what their type is. So you can basically flex on how they receive love or what their insecurities are and so forth and so on. And so in the past four years, you know, as I said, I had to a lot of people are very afraid to change. They like they feel like if they if they admit that they need to change something, they suddenly are admitting that there's something wrong with them. And nobody wants to do that, right? But that, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. And I don't hear many people say that because it's harder to stay the same. I think it's harder to stay the same. You see people that it's like we change every to, single day. That's, that's probably you though. Like the, that's the only constant that exists, right? Is change. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like constant change is constant. Yet we see so many people that are like, no, I need to stay the same. And you're actually fighting against the natural progression of things by trying to stay in the past. And I think what you just said, where it's kind of like, well, I think that's, that's part of the reason why somebody does it. You know, they don't want to feel like they were wrong at something. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I mean, it took for me to, to, to accept it and say, okay, something doesn't feel right. I I need to change. And then it kind of like opened up a can of worms to, to a lot of things. And, and, and the commonality there, going back to your question about the podcast, the commonality there with self care, I don't care if it's for women or for man, men or what have you, we need to take better care of ourselves. And I think that 2020 really presented that to the world that we, because we couldn't go anywhere else, we could only, it was quite symbolic that the only place we could go 
was inside. The only place we could go was those that we're living with. The only place we could go is back to those relationships that we that needed re-nourishing within ourselves and within the environment around us. So, you know, this podcast is essentially about the things that, that I've learned that I want to share and that people, I think a lot of people battle today even more so, like depression is such a prevalent thing. Anxiety is such a prevalent thing in today's society. It's like you, you we live in the world of like social media where the, like it's a comparison game. It's a complete comparison game. So if I can share with, with, you know, the world, the idea of how you can self-care for your mind and for your spirit, for your soul, for your body, and, and encourage individuals to, to do the things that feel hard at the end, it makes you better and it makes the world around you better. And you're, you're, it, it's, there's an expansion of it. And it's so it's contagious. It, it truly is. And it wasn't easy for me. Self-work is not pretty. It's really, really not because it takes acknowledging the things that you don't like, but it also takes you being kind to yourself too. And I think in, in kindness, if we can reshift to saying, because we love ourselves enough that we owe it to ourselves and the people we love to be our best versions. But that starts with self-care. Even if you're in a relationship, I believe too, if you're in a relationship, you still need to hold your own identity in some capacity so that you can come together even stronger. Yeah. And if you can, if you can self-care and be start to become aware of your, your mind and like, take care of your soul, like take care of yourself, it just, it leaves everything better. So, you know, it's funny because I started off like thinking, you know, if you take care of one thing, whether it's mind, body, or soul each day, you're winning. And then I had to rephrase, I was talking to a friend and I started to think, actually, it's great that you do mind, body, soul, face, whatever, you know, one of those things each and every day. However, I think the root of, of true fulfillment is if you are taking care of your soul every day. So each person that means something different, but you've got to ask yourself that question of what is it that actually nourishes my soul? What makes my soul feel like it's coming alive each and every day? It could be connecting to another human spirit. It could be, it could be, you know, um, seeing that we're all the same. It could be donating. It could be, you know, and like you said, you're, you seem like a, you know, an extroverted person who likes actual people and connecting with 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 spirits right so even at the chick-fil-a same thing with me is i like to i had this weird dream once and i think i told wilmar and I, I told someone like i and it was during the time that i was unhappy i had this dream once where in the stream i came across this man who i looked at him and i in the dream i, I was aware that i was dreaming and i went up to him and i said like i don't know who you are i've never seen you before in my entire life like are you a figment of my imagination or did we actually meet before? And what he says to me is he's like, no, I'm not a figment of your imagination. We, you've crossed me many times on the street before. And all it takes is you looking up to acknowledge people or to smile up at them to make a, a difference. And then I woke up when I was like, shit, he's right. Like there was, there was a time in my life where I was like, go, 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 go get the fuck out of my way. Like, you know, like I've got a mission. If you're slowing me down, then I, I can't deal with you. And I just started to kind of practice slowing down a little bit and and I noticed that when I, when I slow down and I start to see things and I start to visualize things, I, I realize how beautiful the world could be. And then it's like the connections around me start to broaden up and they start to expand. It's the strangest thing. And it's like, I don't know. It's like you, we, we we're just so stuck in our heads. We are stuck in our heads as human beings. And we, we are so selfish. Like we think that it's just about our world, but really it's not. 
You know, it's about the people around you too. And there's so many similarities and there are a lot of people going through the same thing we're going through, but if we can get out of our brains, sometimes we'll be good, but we have to remember to self-care. I agree with you. So it's like, Hey, here's one thing that as I'm walking down a sidewalk or walking down anywhere where you're just passing people, you, we look, we, we look at each other, right? We're, we're walking, we, we, there's eye contact, there's, there's, you know, we're, we're amazing creatures. We have all these senses and just walk right by. No, 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 no greeting, not everybody, but for the most part. And that just blows my mind. And I can't stop myself from saying, Hey, how you doing? I just can't stop myself. From, I can't stop myself from doing that. And that's kind of like what you're doing with this podcast. You're like going, okay, you know what? I can't not do something with this. I have to do something with this. And the podcast, the, the, the idea of that is to see everyone. Everyone wants to be seen, Miguel, everyone, everyone, even if they're an introvert, they want to be seen in some capacity. Yeah. And I think that if we can, you know, if we can, we, we can look at people, but look at them past even their, their form, everybody's going through something. Even if someone I can't stand, I realize I've become a lot more compassionate through the years. Like, you know, I'm not going to like everyone. I know that like I, but again, I will ask myself, is there something in that, that I'm supposed to see? Is there something that, you know, I'm projecting or is there something in me that I, you know, I don't like because it's a reflection of something in me that I don't like. Like I, we've just got to start asking ourselves these questions and you know yeah you know what this is twee i'm enjoying this i'm enjoying this there was something that i i lost it but i you as you were talking i didn't want to interrupt you and it was um okay <laughs> i know i don't it's a podcast that's what's cool about a podcast right <laughs> is that we can have these moments of like oh yeah that's what it was and we don't have to worry about a live audience and like all oh, the pressure. I can't believe that. The f- so I, we do this audio podcast only, right? I'm not flirting with you, Twee, but you're a beautiful you woman. Okay, thank you. You're a beautiful woman and you, you are in the beauty industry, successful. And you still, and you've come to this place where it's like, yeah, it's not all, it's not all, it's not all about appearance. It's not all about outwardness. And, and, and it's not because there's always going to be someone that's prettier, uglier, or fatter, or or dumber, or smarter. Like they, that's the thing. It, and I can't. I'm not saying that I even have it all figured out, but I know that I'm. I keep working on that journey where it's like I work in probably the most superficial <laughs> industry of all time. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be. It, it could be from a place of empowerment. And I feel like you know the people that I work with. They're, they all have this, 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 this wanting, this longing to, to, um, to give in some capacity. And if you don't want to give, then you're in the wrong industry. You really are. If it's just about you, you're never going to grow even in beauty. And if it's just about you, you may grow in beauty and you may make it to the top, but you're going to be miserable and you're going to be alone. I've seen that happen multiple times where people sell out and they, I think politics is absolutely necessary. It teaches you you know, how to maneuver and how to, uh, Come up, corporate politics. Yeah. 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 Okay, totally. Yeah. Like there's so many politics, especially in the world yeah. of beauty. However, there are people that absolutely sell out. They'll sell their soul to the devil to get to the top. But what, but I'm not hating on them either. You know what? Good for you. If you're happy, good for you. But if you're miserable, then there's something for you to learn in that. And yeah. you will wake up one day and say, okay, 
was it, was it worth it? Was it all that you feel icky at the end? And at the end of the day, it's like, you don't have to step on toes to get to the top. You don't have to sell out. You don't have to, uh, you know, not align with yourself. And I, I, I feel bad for those people because I've seen it happen so many times where they get to the top and it's lonely and they wake up one day and they're like, how the fuck did I get here? So I'm glad that I, I recognize that early on that I recognize that, you know, in my mid thirties, like better late than, than never at all. But I did, I, I, they, it caused me to reshift to some capacity. I wasn't selling myself out, but I would have had I kept going on that path where I was working for a company that I no longer av- aligned my values with, I would have sold my soul in some capacity and that didn't feel right. You okay, know? So when you say sell out, what are you envisioning? I mean, I think I can, I can kind of like, I could probably generally get an idea of what you're saying, but I think you have like a specific, there's some, there's some specific things in your mind. I think that, that you're thinking of when you say it. Absolutely. So selling out would be, you know, you are doing things because you're told by a superior, although you don't believe in them or like, I've let's just, that. for example, <laughs> yeah, I, had we, to. I was in uniform. I had to follow orders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I in can your relate. Case, I can relate is what dis- I'm getting or you were going to be discharged. That's different. Right. And, we and wouldn't have been good. It would never have been good. So in our world, it, it's, it's very similar, but some people keep going on that path, like where you, you are, you are, you are taking, you're taking orders basically so that you can be a part of that click, you yeah. know, that higher click or whatever, but you may not believe in what the, what the, the order is. Right. So it could be like, you know, um, I don't know, like where they're maybe leading with sales and they're not, they're not empowering anybody and they're just the doing the telling part or they're dictating and they're, they're, they're treating somebody horribly but because they're trying to push this person out just because that one month they missed their sales number. But instead of getting to the root of why this person missed their numbers, was it because they went through something in their life? Was it because they weren't being coached? Was it because they weren't being given feedback? You know, people don't slow down enough to, to peel back the layers sometimes. And in this company, they weren't doing that. They didn't give a fuck about like the, what the person was going through. They're like, okay, they're not making the numbers. You're out. Like, you know what I mean? And And there was just a lot of just sellouts, like towards the tail end, nobody was happy and you can feel it. And so they lost a lot of good people, a lot of good people, including myself. (laughs) And, And I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful for it. Like I, you know, I decided to leave and, and I have to say like there, you know, I had worked for this company. I remember it was like my eighth year going into this company. I've dedicated eight years of my life to this company. And I'm pretty revered in the industry. And I remember the second day that I called in sick, second day, those two days out of eight days, that I, eight years that I worked for the company and they try to go after me, like literally try to go after me. And I'm like, I'm entitled to, a, you know, being sick the second day, you can't push me out and treat me like shit just because I, this is my second time calling in sick. And it's a Monday where nothing is actually going on. And it was somebody new that just started the company and she was trying to basically puff her chest up. So it was like ego-based. And so she elevated it to her boss and it just got, it became this really big thing where it was so unethical the way they handled it. So unethical. And I remember at one point, human resources calling me and, and trying to give me shit. And I said to them, I said, isn't it about the people? And I've given like eight years of my life to this company. 
And you're telling me I can't call in sick. And it's the second time that I've ever called in sick. And she, she blatantly said to me, well, you're lying about calling in sick. And I said, even if I was lying about me calling in sick, I think I'm entitled to that, you know? And it was just two sick calls in eight years In eight years, Mega. it was awful, but this company was so powerful that even if I, you know, try to slap a lawsuit on them or something, they had so much money that they, they would have, they were just so threatening to people all the time. It was awful. They were so threatening. And, um, you just, people don't there, that doesn't inspire them. This is a company that ruled by fear. So it felt like it was like the mafia. You know what I mean? Like people are only doing it because they fear you. And they, they built this like entire empire where they got people to, to really, believe in this company and that people feared and thought that was the only job they could ever get. And that was it. And they kind of like brainwashed people, but like at the end of the day, power, like you just, you can't rule. There needs to be a combination of fear, but also <laughs> inspiration at the same time and care and care for people to develop and to transform to some capacity. You know what I mean? So yeah. Integrity, I would say always wins. That was, it was not very integral at the tail end. And, but again, like I said, I don't regret anything because I learned a lot and I learned what I didn't like and what I liked. And I learned how I want to lead versus how others lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That is, it's, it's, I'm, I'm noticing some parallels between the corporate and the military world and they're not all the same, but there's definitely some parallels and that's for sure. And it is, it is interesting how a culture can dominate from the top down because that's where it really starts. It starts with the vision of the leadership for a corporation or whatever it is, whatever organization or entity, that leadership really truly does influence the culture of that, of the people working at that company or organization. And it has a lot of impact. And I still just, I can't get away from the fact that that you have this deep sense of right and wrong, how things should be done, how they should not be done, how they ought to be done and how they not should not ought to be done and ought not to be done. <laughs> but that, that, and, and that, that still blows my mind. It still blows my mind. And with that, I'm going to transition to one other thing the cannabis thing. We talked about that. We talked about how it's helped with sales. Was there any, I mean, was it, was it always just uh, um, work related or was there anything that you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I do use this every now and then. And to slow me down, like you said, like higher, like, like uh, there's a guy I know and, and he, I don't know, this is, you know, people, some people in the cannabis industry scoff at this, like the difference between Indica and Sativa and all this stuff. Should we even be saying that? Is there any difference? This guy, he's been growing it for a while. He grew up Jehovah's Witness, pushed back against that because it was a very strict denomination. And he's been growing weed for a long time. And he was like, look, life already throws a lot of stuff at you. I don't need to take the cannabis that actually picks me up. I need it to, to help slow me down, calm down, and actually take a greater inventory of what's going on around me and what's going on inside me too, really. And that's, and that's where I find, that's where I find, that's where I find your story really interesting to me is that you've gotten to this point where you're like, yeah, I want to give back more 
the work I do is important and can be empowering to many people, but I want to take it further. And that drive is really what I'm trying to get at. Like, where is that drive coming from? I, you know, <laughs> I know it's hard. Like I said, we do it. And we, when, when we do it, it feels like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. But where does that even come from? Right. I think I've always been quite, I, I would say a couple things. I would say, you know, there's something about like when you look at like, I don't know what kind of, you know, music you listen to, but if you look at your, your big artists like Jay-Z and, and, you know, your Beyonce's of the, like all those people had to work really hard. And there's a story, you know, I think when you're hungry, when you're hungry, when you're pushed in this place where you are hung, if you're hungry enough, you are going to drive. If you want something enough, I do feel like you're going to drive. I feel like that drive comes from, I've always been results driven. And, and for me, I, I really do feel like results breeds results. And it's the idea of transformation and change. I get a high off transformation. I truly do. Like in my human spirit, I like to, to see things evolve. Like I like to see me evolve. I like to see the world around me evolve. And that has always been my driving force is this idea of like evolution and change. But I, I do have to say sometimes a drive could be hurtful. Like, it, you know, I started realizing the last couple of years and I'm still working on it. I don't want to be this person that's like just task oriented, you know, where we just, you know, there's something about crossing things off the list that feel really good. Right. And that's not a bad way to live. I think it's fantastic. However, not if you are looking to do those things for validation. So it can't be like this validation of status. Like it has to be, you've got to know your, 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 your true purpose behind why you're doing something. So for me, it would be, you know, I have to constantly remind myself is to reach a larger audience sometimes. So I need to get, I need to get over myself in terms of feeling like a rookie. I don't like feeling like a rookie Miguel. And like the other day I was on clubhouse and I felt weird. I felt like, you know, because I took like a, it's too much. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to be, I'm not this person that's like has to be on social media every single day and commenting on, I, I just, I can't do that. Like it's, it takes too much out of you. Really. It just takes too much out of you. It's just like, and it feels authentic. It comes to a point where it feels unauthentic. And so I took it, I wasn't on clubhouse for a long time and I hopped on when, you know, in the beginning stages of it. And then I just couldn't do it. And then I hopped back on just recently, like last week. And then I felt, you know, I was in this, this room where they were, giving advice about, you know, Instagram and how your page should look and da, da, da. So I hopped in and I felt weird. I, it's like, it felt like an hierarchy thing. Like you have your Kings and Queens giving the advice to the commoners on the bottom. And I was suddenly like this commoner on the bottom. And I, I didn't like that feeling. It's weird. Had... <laughs> that, that's, a, that, I, 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 like I've it. got the invitation. I got the invitation. I am going to check it out. I'm not sure what to expect. I'm not sure what to expect either. I think you'll find a lot of, I'm, I'm worried now because I'm like, okay, now it's starting to really pick up. Like if you, we got in the beginning. Well, what's picking up? Like the actual, the, the clubhouse app itself? Or yes, the app itself. What you're like doing everyone, with it. Everyone is talking about it, but I just, I think that you can build great networks from it. And I, I will say that there are a lot of great rooms, but there are a lot of shit rooms as well. Yeah. There's a lot of shit rooms. And, and sometimes if you, you, if you're not a moderator, so you'll have like, your group of moderators that are hosting the room. And then you have like a random person coming in the audience. They'll talk about a subject and they'll call on people in the audience. You can raise your hand to come up and speak on the forum, but you're not, it's, you don't see anyone's faces. It's just, 
you know, audio. And so they can invite you up to speak on a a subject and they put you back down on the audience. (laughs) So it's like, they'll look at what your pro. Yeah. So, so it's almost like a weird hierarchy thing that I don't know if I like. And, but that also got me to think like, well, what's wrong with me? I can only be on the other side. I don't know. And, and it just, you know, and it got me thinking about the podcast too, where I'm like, okay, I'm not where I want to be obviously with it, but I have to accept that it's okay. I'm on the ground level and there's something to be learned about being on the ground level in order for me to, you know, to be present in this learning process instead of seeing myself up there. I think oftentimes I think where suffering happens is we compare ourselves to what we think we should be versus where we are. And I do a lot of that. So I'm kind of learning how to, to be more present with myself versus comparing myself to what I think I should be. I'm very difficult on myself. So going back to your question about drive, drive sometimes could be dangerous. Like if you're a person that puts a lot of pressure on yourself, sometimes it's not a very kind thing. Like if you don't succeed or, or if you feel like you're not succeeding or you start to undermine some of your accomplishments. Like I, if I look at this entire year, this year has been a year of so much growth for me internally. It's insane. Like, I don't think I've ever grown as much as I've grown this year. It's nuts, but I, but I undermine it because I'm comparing myself to what I think I should be, you know? So I, I'm just going to caution me. You know, know, no, that's right. That, 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 that's a tough one. That, that is, that is an internal pull that, anyone can get trapped in, but so, and so when you say you're starting off the ground level, I don't think you really are because I mean, here's the thing you, you've, you've got a body of work in corporate America, right. And you have this drive to help people. That's it. I mean, I, I get, I, I can relate to what you're saying when, when you're saying uh, you you undermine it. Cause you're like, well, I could have, I should be here. I should be over there. Or if this hadn't happened, maybe I would have been there or I would have been, I, I would have been at a, at a, a higher status within that organization or that company. And it can, it, it, it it's, it's a, it's a seductive trap. It's like, yeah, I, I should be, the status of it can be alluring. And then in that allurement, you start giving away things that you held dear to that you valued and you kind of go, wait a minute, something's changed. Like, and then you realize it's you've that changed. And that's what I think is really cool about all the guests that we have on this show. And you are the first female on the show. You're the first female to actually come on the show. I've had several females say yes and then not, and then, and then have to cancel or postpone or, or whatever. So thank you for doing that for sure. Of course, what an honor. Yeah, yeah. But it is, I still, I still can't find, I mean, I still, I, I just find this amazing about people. It's like, even if we can't say what it is or why we're doing it, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's like, you're doing yeah. it. You are literally doing it. And yeah. I think, and I think that that in itself is, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and there's a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people, the last year, the last year and a half, from if you go from March, February, 2020 to now, yeah, people, people had to look inside themselves and, and people had to, yeah, yeah, you know, they're looking at themselves physically, they're looking at themselves figuratively, 
They're looking at the things that that we like to talk about sometimes here in this show. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny of life. Like, what is what are we, what is the purpose of this? And this is what I'm boiling down to. It's like you've the pre question the the pre interview questionnaire that we sheet that we sent you. You've you've you haven't identified like down to like a a specific. I didn't answer it well. I'm sorry. I was. No, trying but to here's the thing. Here's the thing. Which, in real life, you know what? Not a lot of people do. I mean, I, I had a CEO. I interviewed him. And similar answer. He's like, I think his was a bit, I think his answer was a bit more to, uh, he didn't want to, I think people are afraid. What did you ask me? What did you ask me that I didn't answer? Tell me and I'll do it now. (laughs) No, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on your tweet because you really did answer it. You're like, I don't know why, but this stuff comes out of me to help people. And that is an answer in itself. That is, that really is an answer in itself. It's like, yeah, you're doing it. You value people, you, you find a value in people and you help them. And yeah, you don't, things are going to happen. And this is, this is, these are the things that I'm just picking up as I'm listening to you. You're like, you don't want a brood of bitterness to take root, right? You, you want to get along with people and you're not going to like everybody. So, but at the same time, you're not going to take your time and energy to say, to go over the past hurts of what that person did and bring it into the present and apply that to the situation now so you can like just wallow in that bitterness and that anger and that hurt right and that's that's what i'm getting at that that's not something that a lot of people recognize within themselves period i think i think a lot of people don't recognize that they don't recognize that and there's another word that i kept hearing you say and it really does make sense in the physical but you're also using it in a more metaphysical sense and that's transformation so you talked about it like you would help women transform the way they looked physically. But meanwhile, your true intent and the care and the love that you're showing them, even if you're just on the, on the sales floor, you're really trying to help them in a deeper and more meaningful way. But it's also through the, you know, again, through when you, people can sense when you're being genuine or not. So it's like, yes, they get both, they get the best of both worlds. They look better and then they feel better. And it's like, if you can get, if you can tap into the connection with somebody and listen to them and actually provide value into just listening to them or, or to, I don't know, to share a piece of information and to share with them something they didn't know about, then you, then, then that's where the transformation takes place. So they can do it by both. And the interesting thing is when you look at Chanel, I mean, it's a deeper rooted brand. It's not just this brand that is super expensive. It's about the craftsmanship. It's about the hours of work that they put into it. It's about the, the quality of goods they use. And, and there's something to be said about craftsmanship that I really appreciate. So I'm not just an aesthetic person to be like, I think it's one thing when you use a brand to, to say you're better than someone else. And we, a lot of Americans do that. They'll wear, they don't even know why the fuck they're wearing a piece of Gucci or or like that drives me crazy. That's my biggest pet peeve. Oh, is they're boy, wearing I tell you, but I know. they don't know the history of, of the, what they're wearing. That, that really gets on my nerves. You're doing it to show off, to show that you're better than people, but or basically you're doing it to show you can, you can spend more money on clothes. Exactly. Really, but if I you, mean, it's like, yeah, I can spend $200 you, on a exactly. pair of pants. But unless you have the money and you actually appreciate the way it's made like a good car, right? Like you appreciate the way it grips the road. You appreciate the, 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 the making of the leather seats and the person who put time into it. Like, I think 
sometimes with more money, you do get better craftsmanship, but you got to understand the the why, you know what I mean? And, and if we can share those story to women that you're not just buying something just to buy it and you, you care enough to, to share with them the history of what it stands for and what it might mean to them when they're wearing it, like in beauty too, in, in the world of beauty and relative to fashion, it's so much less expensive. Like, you know, a handbag goes for like at least $4,000. That's, that's the lowest amount of money in a Chanel bag. However, if you're buying a lipstick, you're getting the same amount of quality in, and you're still getting couture spending $36 on a lipstick as you would a handbag. And so it's like that person's first piece of couture, which I feel, feel is quite special. It's, you know, like, you know, it's for their mom or what have you. It's, it's, everyone wants to feel special in some capacity yeah. by a, spending it's, on themselves, yeah, I do. I, I completely get that. And but when not you if you're look- using that shit to validate yourself. So that's where I'm saying, you know, again, that's- when we go back to this, this drive, right? So as you said a second ago, it's, you've got it, there's a thin line. Because sometimes when you keep going that route, it's almost like you keep being tested. So you're, you're, you're tested to see if you're whatever you want to call it, the devil or whatever, that you're going to be gluttonous, that you're going to be more greedy, that you're going to want more and more and more and more and more and more and more, but you're not I think where the balance comes into play is when you are giving back in some capacity, whatever you were given and the money you you made and the voice you were given or the body you were given, whatever, if you are giving back to some capacity, that's your balance. You're sharing the wealth. You know what I mean? So it's like not done in vain, you know? Yeah. I meant to make money because I will give back to the world. (laughs) That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I'm getting at is that is that is that is the drive and that is that is it's 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 pretty cool seeing how people live it out it's pretty cool very very cool all right i got one more question for you tweet okay, i'm sure people are, are gonna be mad if i don't ask this question and that is is chanel planning to use cannabis in any lines of their beauty products no not no. that i know i'm no. not any really yeah. Not that I know of. What's funny though, if you go to Nordstrom's right now, like there's CBD and a lot of there, you know, cosmetics is starting to become a little bit more progressive. You hear about people are, you know, people are talking about like even mushrooms here and there. Yeah, psychedelics are all of it. Totally. But the thing about CBD is that it helps with inflammation, you know? So it's like, no, Chanel at no, no point. But I'm not saying never. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows what the how progressive we start to get? I mean, never say never is all I could say. At Nordstrom's, you have CBD products already. It's everywhere. Okay. You know, so not, right now you're not aware of any 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 plans for Chanel to integrate no. this into. Mm-mm. I could smell. I could smell it. You know, you could come up with like <laughs> a. <laughs> you know, you could come out with like a, a scented fragrance that. It would, you, it was, it was a complete joke that. because the skunkier the better is not what you want to smell like, but with your weed, you do want it the skunkier the better. Right, right, right. I think, you know, who would probably do that? And like someone who's not afraid, like Tom Ford might do something like that. I mean, they have a, a fragrance called fucking fabulous. So they may do uh, CBD, who knows? Like it, it's happening in beauty already. It's happening. It's just not, not with our brand, you know? Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I had to ask because I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people would be like, I wonder if Chanel's gonna do something with it. And um and I and I'm guessing that you're still gonna have some people contact you and say, Hey, we have this stuff if you ever want to <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's cool that you're doing this podcast because like you said, I think there's a, there's still a stigma 
you know, and um, I think it's great that they like, I think everything in moderation is absolutely fine. Like absolutely fine. And going back to like how it, how it opens up spaces in your mind and it like, I don't know, you start to, it's a plant-based thing. How can it be bad? It can't be so bad unless you overdo it, unless you become so dependent on it. You know, at one point in my twenties, I did become so dependent on it where I don't think that, you know, when I, when I wasn't, you know, doing, when I wasn't, you know, doing marijuana or what have you, I remember not seeing the world the same. And so I had to stop to some capacity. I, I engage it every so often. I don't do it as frequently as I did in my twenties at all, but there is a need for it sometimes just to you slow down the pace and to not take life so serious. It's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But you know, people that are professional do it too. It's good. It's, it's nice to have a good balance of life and not to be so controlled all the freaking goddamn time, you know? So yeah. A lot of control. So got a lot of control to maintain. <laughs> right. I know. I think that's not the way to like that sucks. Like I feel bad for anyone that's just in control mode all the time. And if they're scared all the time, like this is, it's legalized now. Like, is it legal? And is it oh, it's, legal in oh, where I'm at? Yeah. Oh, so they decriminalized it. And, you know, all these states are hurting for cash now. So they're all, I mean, that's, that's, they're all rolling it out because they want to make some money. And the governor of Virginia was during, I think it was last year, during the lockdown, he said he was going to legalize cannabis in, on July 1st, 2024. And he changed that to July 1st of this year now. <laughs> so Virginia must be feeling a little bit more of a crunch than they thought. So they, they increased it, you know, dropped, the, dropped three years off of that timetable. So it's decriminalized. It's a $25 fine that you can pay online. You don't even appear, appear for court. He did that like last April or something like that. And uh, he's also working with law enforcement to say that if they smell cannabis burning, they're not like, you don't go, okay, their crime is being committed over there because typically that was, you know, that that's a, a dead giveaway. It's like, okay, go over there and enforce the law. So he's, he's doing some things and uh, we're moving before this pandemic. We, we're, we love Florida. So we're moving back down to Florida this month. Um, now, now that I'm done with the military and the kids are going to be wrapped up with school this year. And they have it medical and they're trying to get recreational passed. And the governor just came out and said he is against limits for THC, which seems to be one of the next hurdles that the industry is going to have to get around. And that is the comparison to alcohol. We have limits for alcohol content on all these beverages. Don't you think we should have THC limits on all these other beverages or these uh, other cannabis products? So that's where it's at for me. Um, when it came What's to- your plans for cannabis? Are you like getting in the industry? Are you going to start? I don't know. Like, the, like the, it's like a gold mine right now. It's insane. Like what, like, are, what are your plans for? I, you know, so here's my plans. My plans are to do this. Here's, I'll tell you, <laughs> my <laughs> wife and I are literally switching roles. Like I've, I've, I've had the, the, the job she was, she's been, uh, she was in the Coast Guard as well. She's medically retired from the Coast Guard. So I've, we, she's been following, well, actually we're coming up on 17 years in three weeks. Thank so for the, thanks for the last 17 years, we've been moving around and she has started a owner finance real estate investment company. And I am now full-time dad. 
So that is my deal. She sounds um, like a badass. <laughs> it, it is fun. It is, it is challenging. And the cannabis has definitely helped me go from Lieutenant Commander Torres to daddy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it really, it, it, for me, it, it helps me relate. Boys, boys are easier, I think. So this is what I've heard. This is what I've heard. And we, we when, when our first son was born, our neighbor, we were living in Alexandria, Virginia, and our neighbor across the street had a baby the same day. It was their second, our first. And they had a daughter. So they had two daughters. And they were telling us that, and, and it's as I've seen it. I was like, yeah, girls are smarter than boys. Girls are smarter than boys because it's just like amazing. And then the parents said, and then it flips. And then boys get, get easier and raising girls gets more difficult. So it, we, every, whatever gender you have, you're going to get your turn. You're going to get your turn <laughs> sooner or later. You're going to get your turn with challenging parenting stuff. And uh, it's, it's been really good. It, it, it really helps me, just like you said, it helps you slow down and and get a better perspective of the person that you're talking to. And for me, it's my kids, right? So it's like, yeah, like you want to have patience. You, you, you want to have patience. You also got to know when you got to know when your kid is trying to play you too. Right. I mean, that happens. That's not, I mean, I was not a good kid when I was growing up, I was a pretty bad kid. <laughs> so I know some tricks and, <laughs> and, that that is that is probably been one of the the biggest things for me i mean i not probably it has been guaranteed it's been it's helped me slow down just like you said it did for you and we're just like okay let me help you with this i know you had struggling with this math and now for today for some reason you want to pretend like you don't know it well you do know it and we can work out it you know what i mean so that stuff really does go a long way with my kids and that goes like what do you think is like the earliest age that's safe to introduce kids to a form of, you know, marijuana? Like what's the earliest age you'd be? Okay? I don't, you know what? I don't, I think that's completely, that one's completely subjective. I think because you got, you got, um, you got kids that are suffering through some really bad injuries, birth injuries, diseases, illnesses, injuries, and if they can use it, I mean, if, if they're being prescribed harsh prescription drugs, painkillers, whatever, so antipsychotic drugs, anti-seizure uh, drugs, all those things that have horrific side effects, and you can give them some cannabis that's going to give them a side effect of like, yeah, they might get a little hungry and might get a little sleepy. I don't think that's, I think that's, that's a hands down, like it's a no brainer situation for me. And, and that is that is the interesting thing about this is that a good a parent who actually cares about their kid is not gonna be like yeah let me get my kid wasted high on thc give him a huge that's not the idea right the yeah, idea is really. if a child is in pain or an adult's in pain you want to help them with the pain and and that is that is it it's like you love the person you hate the thing that's inside them that's bothering them and and hurting them you want that gone and you can go see a doctor or and or you can go see a doctor who uses cannabis because they're those doctors are coming to the forefront more and more now and i think this is going to be i mean there, there's companies setting up curriculums for universities there's companies that are training doctors all this stuff's gonna it's gonna hit and it's, it's already hitting real big it's just a matter of of when it's federally legal 
but I think the, part, the, the idea too is that it's like um people just need to become more educated that's a thing it's like you you can't like there's a stigma against it when you're on when you are not very educated on it you know what i mean so it's like yeah. if someone if people could like do their research on it then you're then you're then you're fine and the reality is like you're like you said in moderation not like you're like having somebody overdose on it you know yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's you know i think that i think it's man-made i mean the demonization of this plan is man-made it's it's one of the oldest it is one of the oldest medicines around i mean yeah when you when i read scripture and, I, and i'm reading stories it's like oil and wine were used as medicine analgesics were used as medicine things from natural products were used as medicine now mankind has turned stuff into they've made some pretty pointed specific drugs that are sometimes really good and sometimes they're not so good and i'm not saying that cannabis is a silver bullet because i don't think it is but i do think it's completely underutilized and and the demonization of it has been man-made and and this is one thing where where uh i can relate to having a hard time launching a podcast because here i am and this thing's got the two words cannabis and christianity in it and it's it is it, it rocks people back on their heels one a lot of people just like oh yeah christians i think my thought is that a lot of people think of ugly christians right the ones that are like i hate these people i hate these people i'm this is my party and i vote this way and i vote that way and, and it's kind of like okay if that's so and you believe god made the earth well then how do you explain the cannabis plant where'd that thing come from so this is and and that's 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 interesting you know i find these things interesting and this is where this is where you and i are similar in the fact that's kind of like you want to talk to people about these things right and that's why you're doing your podcast you want to talk to people about hey there's more to just the outward and the experience and, and the, the the shell of us there's a lot more to that and and I'm trying to do the same thing with, with Christianity because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of Christians have forgot that we're supposed to love one another. Yeah. I mean, that is what Jesus said. He said, I gave you a new commandment. Love. I don't think anyone's ever killed each, like people don't kill each other when they're stoned or when they're, you know, like they just don't. Well, <laughs> no, here's the funny thing though. I mean, I can, I can listen to some music. I can, I can point out like several groups where it's like, yeah, they're talking about getting high and committing crimes and, you know, and that's where I'm oh, like, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's, under, that's under another influence, though. I will say <laughs> that's different. That's well, this is that's why I say it's totally not a silver different. bullet because anybody can use that plant and do what they want. They all have everybody's got free will. But do I think that our body with an endocannabinoid system in it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's like we have an endocannabinoid system, there's supposed to be some cannabinoids that are feeding it. And and that's where, so th those two reasons, it's like, it's the, it's reminding Christians and non-Christians, people who don't know that we're actually supposed to be loving each other. Yeah. And, and we're not even supposed to have, if we have enemies, we're supposed to be praying for them. And this goes back, this is, now this all ties into what you were saying. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like, I'm not going to get along with everybody, but I don't want to spend my time and my energy being angry and hating somebody, Right. And this is why I was zeroing in on that is because that is actually a Christian principle. It's like Jesus was like when his disciples said, hey, if my brother comes and sins against me seven times, when do I, when can I stay? Okay, 
I don't have to take your apology anymore. I can just be mad at you. And Jesus said, no, 70 times 77. In other words, you just keep forgiving. And just like you said, and I've, we've, we're both adults, right? We've been through life experiences. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have to be around them all the time, right? It's, it's more about like if somebody, if you've been hurt by somebody, or maybe we've been the one that did the hurting of somebody, you don't necessarily want to be around that person all the time, but you don't want to harbor the bitterness either. You don't want to be like, I don't want to carry this bitterness around. I'm letting it go. And when I see that person, I'll say hi, but I don't have to make you, I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to make dinner for you. Right. I don't have to say, Hey, why don't you come over to my house? And, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out and, you know, I have to project it as well. Like, yeah. And, and that's, that is, that is Christianity. I mean, he said, love one another. Capacity there too. Like, it's just, it feels more liberating when you don't have to harbor those, like, Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so much more energy. Yeah, totally. I I feel like, okay, I don't have to waste my time and energy in my head dwelling on that bitterness and then everybody around me all the kiddos in the back of the van my wife sitting right next to me says something and i'm in that root of bitterness and i pop off maybe right and this is just an example this is an illustration right and i pop off and i was like oh wait a minute what was i really thinking about i was thinking about being angry at somebody root of bitterness right and and that it has really helped me a lot. I mean, it's like, wow, I really don't have to. Yeah, I'm not going to like everybody. I saw somebody tonight. I had to take my kids somewhere and I was like, yeah, our families don't get along. I really don't like it, but I'm not going to be mad at you. And I said, you know, it's like, yeah, hey, how you doing? Yep, yep, okay, cool. Now we're on our way. And I, Bye. To, you know, <laughs> but that's what you see what I'm saying is like, and that's where I'm like, wow, I'm hearing you say all these things to me, all these, all these tenets of, of, loving people and not wanting to hold on to bitterness those are all christian tenets and that's why i kept trying to zero and i was like and i know you said you grew up catholic and and i was born catholic but uh my parents changed denominations when i was young and the confession thing i've never really understood it we don't have enough time to get into it right now but i've never so here's here's the thing about it because you here's here's another here's another concept christian concept that you said you just like change your mind right? So here's the funny thing that a lot of people think of when they say you need to repent. You, you've heard that, right? You're Catholic. Right. You better. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks you got to say sorry. Everybody thinks that all that means is you have to say sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I repented. That's not at all what the word in Greek means. The word, the Greek word, when they say repent, the word is metanoia, which is change your mind. Oh, I didn't know that. Exactly what it is. Metanoia. Meta, M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. Metanoia. Change your mind. And what Jesus was saying is like, change your mind about God. He's not against you. He is actually for you in ways that are so deep and profound. It's kind of scary. And change your mind about what you freaking just did. Like whatever you feel bad about, you've got the, there's a reason why you you feel bad about it. So there's something that needs to change actually, you know? So it's like an apology is changed behavior, not just a word. It is. And and so now there's another thing you just see, this is where I'm like, Twee, there's something, there's something deep inside you that, that 
there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like these tenants keep coming out because you said you, that's just behavior, basically behavior modification, right? And I've seen that with my kids. Tell your brother sorry, and he goes up to his brother and he's smiling and laughing. He's like, "Sorry," and then he walks away. And the first time we get hit with that, it's like, "Yeah, you have to mean it, buddy. I know you probably don't mean it right now, but you hurt your brother." And you can't, you thinking it's funny is not cool. You know, that's how I say it to them, right? But uh, that's, that's just another example. I keep hearing these things come out of your tweet. And that's why I was like, this is really interesting. You know, beautiful woman, beauty industry. Well, you know what I think? You know, this is what I said to Who did I say it to? What is the girl's name in our group? Diana. So Diana, I was telling her, I'm like, you could be, honestly, you could be like a five. You're five, but yet you. Is that have, out of ten? <laughs> yeah, if you're five out of ten, yes, like, is that what it, I wasn't sure what the scale yeah. was. So say, so say you were born like a five. You were born a five, but you worked on your like. There's something. There's some people you meet, and they may not be like the most, you know, physically attractive, but like if they, it's just something in their spirit and the way they've they view life that can actually make them like an eight. And then you can look at someone who maybe is a born a nine, but as soon as they open their mouth and they're just not really beautiful human beings, like they can automatically be diminished to a five. It's like, there's a word in Vietnamese. And I think I taught it to Wilmar. It's called um, and what it translates to is what language is that? it's Vietnamese. Vietnamese. So it, what it translates, that's, that's, to, that's your, your ancestry. Your, your yeah. lineage is from Vietnam, yes. right? Yeah. So then what it translates to is face. I like to hate. I look at it and I want to hate it. There are people, <laughs> have you ever seen that? Like you look at someone, you don't know why you're like, it's because they have a scowl on their face or they're like, you could just see the misery in their face. You look at them and you're like, <laughs> I, can I just go over there and unfold your face or like just I don't know, like do something to it. And it's not because it, it, the inside of yourself shows on your face. It really it does. does. So it's it really like, does. even if you had beautiful features, you've got to be careful about what you're thinking about what you're, how you're behaving and all of those things. It, the outside beauty thing doesn't last forever. So this is why it's, you know, like I said, it's so important to do the, 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 the inner work that sometimes if you're born with a pretty face that you have it so easy that you don't want to do it. And there's always going to be someone prettier, or uglier or smarter, or like whatever. You just could only do the best that you could do, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that's my, those are my last words. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Tweet. thank you very much. I had a fun time. I hope you did too. I thank you for your time. And I look forward to maybe doing this again. Maybe we catch up. We see where both of our podcasts are. Maybe six months from now, or a year from now, see how things are going. Yeah. 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 Sound yeah. like you might be interested, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm only planning on doing one a week too. I got you, Miguel. I did. Like I said, honestly, I felt like as soon as I saw, I was like, he's one of my peeps. Like I like right off the bat, like you and Wilm. I don't know. Like there was just like, it felt very home-like I have to say in some capacity. Yeah. That's cool. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed talking with you this whole time and, and throughout the course as well. It was fun. And Twee, I think you got a lot of life ahead. I know you have a lot of life ahead of you. If you got any questions, if you want to learn, if you got any questions about Christianity or Jesus or scripture, or you're like, hey, this thing is always, no. I've never understood this or this one I don't like. <laughs> I, why, you know, why? I, I, one of my girlfriend, I have a girlfriend who's, who's Christian and she's so funny. Like she, every so often she'll go, she goes to church and she'll say, she's like, 
just switch the name it don't like whatever you hear just switch the name to universe and i think it'll feel better for you like she i love her to death so it comes to show you that like we could be two different whatever beliefs and at the end of the day it's the same message so it's not for me but i but i appreciate like i said it's it's the same message at the end of the day it's the same message all right all right just in case i'll still put that i'll still put that if you have any questions (laughs) like hey if I don't know the answer, I'll, I will help you find the answer. All right. Or I'll send somebody your way. Did you ever connect with Brian, by the way? I did. Well, I haven't yet. It was just, okay, it's okay. just, it's just, I haven't yet, but well, okay. I did into one-on-one, but we haven't, we haven't set anything up. Oh, but just that, you, yeah. what's that? Just, I don't know. Like I knew that he was going to, he was planning on the last time I spoke to him, he said he was doing something in I don't know, like manufacturing of, I don't remember what it was, but he was getting involved in that sector, but he's also Christian. So I thought, I don't know. I thought maybe that I will works. It works. I I am going to be, I am going to reach out to him. We're going to do it. It's just that, you know, moving is a big deal. Of course. Oh my (laughs) God. Of course. I know. And then moving a family of of four. Oh my God. It's not. So anyways, I know it's late over there, but um, congratulations on your move and your anniversary and the and the beautiful boys and yeah, like beautiful family. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but we'll stay in touch for sure. You know, what I mean, yep. It'll be good. Tweet yeah. the Raw Raw co- uh, podcast. R A W R A H podcast. Check it out. She's on iTunes and follow Spotify, me on Instagram. With oh, and, and on Instagram and on Instagram. And you follow me on Instagram, Instagram too. It's on um, the Rara. Have you and your wife and whatever friends follow me on the Rara. And if Absolutely. you have any good eligible bachelors, too. I'll do a review. Them. I'll do a review. If you have any bachelors, that. send them my way as well. Any good ones. Any what? Pre-screening. I said pre-screening of any good eligible bachelors. But I'll let you do the pre-screening. They must be gentlemen. <laughs> that is for sure. They must be yeah. gentlemen. Of for course. Sure. Have to. Of course. I will keep an eye out. I would definitely keep an eye out, Tui, for I don't sure. Want to be long distance though, they've got to be in California. I know yeah. that's 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 the challenge, and that's where it's kind of like, oh boy. <laughs> I'm kidding with you. Whatever. I know. Yeah. All that's right. Good. Thank you, Tui. We're gonna oh, sign off here for the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. Our special guest was Tui Dip, Education Executive at Chanel Beauty and host of the Raw Raw Podcast. Thank you very much, Tui. We will see you all next time. God bless. We love you.